Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the JC and Bill Sportscast. I'm Bill. I'm JC. And we have had an exciting week of sports here, and we're going to talk about it uh, this week. We're going to talk about the awards that were given out uh, for Major League Baseball. We're going to talk about the crazy week in football plus we're going to discuss hockey and we're going to talk about our results from our poll that we put up in our facebook group last week um i think we should start with what pretty much everyone's been talking about the last couple of days and that is the fight in cleveland with the steelers and the browns you betcha. That woke me right up. Now, did you see this when it happened, or did you see it the next day? I saw it when it, when it happened. I was just laying in bed there, mm. and I was just ready, ready to turn it off, and it's like eight seconds left. Yeah. And then next thing you know, there was a brouhaha, and I was just like, whoa. And then as soon as I saw it, I was like, well, there's some suspensions, there's fines. I said, and then when I watched the replays, I'm like, yeah, Garrett's done for the year. Pouncey's gained two to four games. Mm-hmm. And I thought Rudolph would get at least a game. Yeah. And I, and I said both organizations are going to get fined because of it. And I don't think that happened. Yeah, they, both organizations got fined a quarter of a million dollars each. Oh, they did. Okay. You know, the, the yeah. best part. And there's still. And, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say the best. Part, I was gonna say, and they're still. <laughs> go ahead. Okay, you, you go first. first. Uh, okay. Okay, I'll go. Yeah, you go. So anyway, right? They also said that any player that entered that field to be involved in that brawl could be subject to a fine. Well, many so of them. So we're talking. Did. There's gonna be a huge amount of fines. Yep. So, and I think both coaches should be fined too because you have to control your players. On the field and off, right? So, or sorry, maybe not off, but on the field for sure. You have to control your players. To a degree, I think they do. But I thought the best part was the fact that the coaches, they weren't fighting with each other. They were just talking to each other and they're like, what the heck just happened here? You know? And I thought that was so amusing because Pittsburgh and Cleveland is such or was, I should say, a heated rivalry. I don't know if this is going to restart the fire, but I I thought that was the most interesting part. Um, I did not see it live when it happened. Like, the way I saw it, it was, it, it was like piece by piece. So I wake up yesterday morning, and I see the you know, Miles Garrett got into a fight and used a helmet. So I was like, okay, okay. So then, because um, some mornings I'll watch uh, Golik and Wingo on ESPN yep. News. So I thought, okay, maybe I'll catch the video of the fight. And they were talking about the NBA at the time. So I was like, all right, I'm going to have to go to Old Reliable. I'm going to have to go to YouTube for this one. <laughs> So, I go onto YouTube, on my phone. I still have a few minutes before I have to get ready. I watch the fight, and I'm just in amazement at how, number one, Mason Rudolph did not get bloody from the helmet shot. That was number one. Number two, I'm amazed that Pouncey who kicked the guy, didn't get more than he should have gotten. And I think, and I hate to say this, I think Miles Garrett is done with in the NFL after that. And he's a clean player. His emotions just got the best of him. Yeah, I I don't know. I I think he'll be back. I think he's going to be forced to go to anger management. And he's going to have to show that his character is good before uh, obviously he's suspended definitely, which the NFLPA is going to fight. 
mm-hmm. saying that you can't suspend someone mm-hmm. indefinitely. You have to give out games. He so had a guy I, with a helmet. <laughs> I know, but like I said, it's, I mean, you watch, I know it's back in the day, but they're showing some other replays. There's a, I think in college, a guy swung his helmet. I mean, you look at Bryce Har- Harper, he threw his helmet at a pitcher a few years ago, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, hey, you know that what they say, right? In America, you're given a second chance if you can prove to yourself yeah. that you deserve it, right? Yeah. And in the heat of the moment, I mean, and you watch Rudolph, and it looked like he was trying to rip Garrett's helmet off, and it looked like he might have hit him in the sensitive areas as well. And Garrett was saying he said something about his parents and stuff. So, I mean, you know, I obviously I, he's going to have to sit. I think he's going to sit a few games next year, too, yeah. to realize it. But yeah. he did apologize, and that's the first step. Mm-hmm. Saying it right, obviously, after the game, it was the heat of the moment. And, yeah. you know, something like that, it just should have said, you know what, you're not talking, you just – Clean, get your locker cleaned up for now, and you go home. I think him. I think him apologizing right away was a very good move on his part, because I think once he calmed down, he realized what he just did. Yep. But if you watch the replay, and I do recommend those who haven't seen the replay to watch the replay. It's a clean tackle, you know. It's, it, it's a perfectly clean tackle. There's nothing wrong with that. Rudolph kicks him in the groin area. That's what yeah. starts it. And then Garrett pulls him by the helmet, takes it off, and then Rudolph challenges him, and he swings and he hits him in the head with the helmet. I think Rudolph should be suspended not as many, but Still, he should be suspended for at least two games, maybe three. Yeah. You, you don't need that in the NFL. No, no. Right? It's it's a violent – I mean, I watched that game. Randall's hit there earlier on uh, – I forget who it was there. But he hit him in the head, right, where he had a chance to get out of the way. And the guy was bleeding from the air. I think Randall should be suspended for at least a game two for that hit. That was that was intent. That was dirty, right? Mm-hmm. And there's no need for that. He no. got ejected as it was, so he should be fine. He should be fined and suspended. I do believe and, they play each other one more time. Yeah, in two weeks, everybody's getting excited, except for the fact, you know, the NFL is going there before the game and saying, okay, boys, any crap like that, there will be suspensions. Coaches will be suspended, right? Mm-hmm. But, I mean – I, I look at it this way. I think both teams – it's going to be tough now, I think, for both teams to make the playoffs. I know the Browns have an easier schedule, but, right, Pouncey gone for three games. Yeah. That's going to be tough. But, and Rudolph, I mean, he didn't look – he looked terrible, right? Pretty much the joke is going that yeah. the uh, the NFL is punishing the Steelers by not suspending Rudolph for three games, right? Yeah, that's absolutely true. And, I mean, looking – oh, hold on. Oh, I put the wrong thing. There we go. Um, looking at the playoff picture, after Thursday, the Steelers are a half game out of the last playoff spot, and Cleveland is a game and a half as of right now out of the last playoff spot. So yeah, and Cleveland the Bengals twice, the Dolphins, uh, the Cardinals. Uh, so they do have Baltimore. a schedule, right? Yeah, the, the only tough game they really have left is Baltimore, but that game is in Cleveland, so that helps them. Yeah, but you need all the hands on deck to beat Baltimore. Mm-hmm. You really do. Because right now, yeah. Baltimore is running away with the division. So. Yeah. And I think we should talk about as well, perhaps, the game of the year in the NFL this past Monday night. Woo, that was a game. I had five heart attacks, I think, in that game. <laughs> Don't die on me, JC. Don't die on me. Minimal. And I was at, uh, we had a fire hall meeting that night, right? And I was just sitting there, yeah, no, it looks good, yeah, yeah, watching the game. And then I was able to make it home for time and overtime. And the wife made me wings. And, yeah, and then that kick, like I, I watched that kick just before overtime. 
when he drilled it. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. And then Russell throws that interception, which my mouth dropped because it was one of those uncharacteristic mistakes. And then I watched San Fran get to the place where the kicker gets 47 yards, and he kicks it. I'm like, where did that ball go? (laughs) And then they showed a video of the people running for cover in the tunnel. (laughs) And then back and forth. And then, like they said all week, right, Carroll was playing for the tie, and San Fran was playing for the win. But you give give that much time to Russell Wilson. You know, he knew he made a mistake. He's going to do something. Yeah. Right, he made some phenomenal throws. I mean, and there was a couple of questionable calls, obviously, by the refs. I mean, that one where he wasn't even down, and they called him down, and mm-hmm. went third to sixteenth and second to five. I was like, "What? You got to be kidding me!" Yeah. But then he made that that toss there. So, and Josh Gordon made two great catches to sustain the drives. Yeah, it was it was the game of the year. Both teams played hard. Both teams played well. Defenses came out to play. But like they said, you put the ball in Jimmy G's hand, right? You shut that running game down. Let's see what Jimmy G can do. Yeah. And, of course, you know, people are saying, well, there's injuries. Well, there's injuries. That happens, right? You yeah. get Someone gets injured. You, another guy needs to step up. You might, you might need to change your game plan. You but, know, that's it, the way it goes. But injuries happen all the time. Yeah. You know, not having Kittle hurt, having Sanders go down the first half hurt. But mm-hmm. that's the way it goes. Yeah. You know, those are you just have to pick up and you have to make some changes, right? So, but I'll tell you what, Clowney came out to play that game. That was the best game I've seen the defense play and the best I've seen Clowney play all year. Yeah. I mean, that was a heavyweight fight if there ever was one. Well, it was, and that's what everybody was billing, right? And I mean, it was knock them down. That's that's what that's what Monday Night Football should be about, right? Yeah. You have two. Teams going at it and going at it hard, and you know where, and it was exciting, right? Mm-hmm. And the crowd was, and I haven't seen the crowd in San Fran get into it like that, and since they pretty much opened up that stadium, yeah, right. You know, it it was loud, it was going. It's like, man, that week seventeen can now be for the division. Mm-hmm. In Seattle, I'll tell you what, man, Seattle's, they, San Fran knows how loud it gets in Seattle. I'm gonna tell so, you. And I'm I'm saying this for right now. I think they're going to be playing a third game this year. I think I, I, they're I, going to meet in the playoffs at some point. Boy, it would be interesting if it was the NFC Championship again. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you look at it, right a few years ago. Uh, was it 2013 when Seattle won the Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. They uh, right they had that. I think I believe it was Week Two game. Sunday night between the Niners and the Seahawks, and Seattle laid a thumping on the Niners. Yeah. And it was, you know, I mean that those were the I think that was the game where Chancellor hammered Davis out of bounds, and the Niners were getting beat up in all aspects of the game, and you know that was kind of that was the turning point of everything. And I thought, you know, and that's where I think San Fran needed to see the see the, the advantage there on. Uh, Monday, right? Yeah. Saying, hey, you know what? You guys have been running the division for a while. Now it's our turn, right? Now we need to repay the favor. But when you got Russell Wilson. Yeah. I mean. It ain't over. No, it never is. It right? never is. That's why as a Seahawks fan, I like I said, they could play a bad three quarters and go in the fourth quarter, down by 10, down by 7, down by 14, and it's never over. Absolutely. Um, let's talk about the Canadian Football League. T- tomorrow is the division finals. Uh, the es- the Edmonton Eskimos against the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers against the Saskatchewan Roughriders. Yep. Uh, I I did watch a little bit of it last week. Uh, because we were getting a little bit bored with the football game, so I you know, turned it on, and my dad was absolutely amazed <laughs> just at <laughs> watching it because he was like, my God, that end zone must be 20 yards. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is a big end zone, isn't it? It is. 
right? The field's bigger, longer, the ball's bigger, right? You got, you got a 12th man on the field, literally. Yeah. So obviously the field's bigger. You need an extra guy. What? And it's make, makes for some exciting football, kind of the Calgary Winnipeg game kind of turned out to be a dud. Was there any game yeah. that surprised you as far as the result came out? Yeah, I think the the Blue Bomber Snap Peters game surprised me. A with the blowout and B with the I thought the Stamps would win that game, but the Blue Bombers came out to play and right, Bo mm-hmm. Levi Mitchell, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, just had one of his one of the most terrible games I've seen him seen him play in years. Right. That one surprised me. But the chance for a uh, Western Canadian showdown for the Grey Cup is still alive with Edmonton Hamilton going at her. Well, Edmonton I mean, wins and and they're moving over. I mean, you're guaranteed at least one. Yeah, we're guaranteed at least one, and it's like I said, it's never happened where a team from the West that crossed over has actually won the or the one the Eastern Division Championship. It's tough, right? You're on the road two weeks in a row going across the country. Mm-hmm. And but you could have. And you could have Edmonton versus Saskatchewan in Calgary, of all places. <laughs> and Edmonton, I'm, I'm looking at the stats here. They're playing statistically the best team all year. Uh, Hamilton, oh, yeah. went Hamilton 15 and good. three, scored 551 points, only allowed 344. They're undefeated at home. Uh, yep, Edmonton's tough. got their work cut out for them. Yeah, that stadium gets loud, right? The fans are like on top of you. Right, Hamilton's a good atmosphere. The you know fans love their team. It's gonna be some exciting football again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I might I might catch one of the games. I'm not really sure. You no. know which. You got one. what? The, you got the Jets and Skins tomorrow to get pumped up for. Oh yay! <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, it's weird because. The Redskins are actually favored by like two points over the Jets. Yeah. Which I find a little surprising. Well, at home, right? Against that's right. Yeah. If you got two teams at that caliber, they're you know they're going to be they'll give the home team that usually the the points, right? Yeah. So in here you go. Here's the spread. Can you beat it? Right. I'm just I, I'm. Oh. I'm actually a little surprised that we are favored in that game. I didn't think we would be, but, you know. You got Haskins playing. You got, yeah, be interesting. Mm-hmm. Probably one of the games I'll get tomorrow on TV, so. <laughs> and then the big late game is New England and Philadelphia, which should be a good game. Yes. Actually, there's a bunch of good games. Houston and Baltimore tomorrow is another one. Um... Dallas and Detroit could be interesting. That was, I think Stafford's out again this week. Yeah. I mean, that's, and I think Detroit's being investigated for that one. For all of a sudden, Stafford's out. Yeah. And then then your Sunday night game is the Bears and the Rams, and your Monday night game is the Chiefs and the Chargers. Yeah, and that's from Mexico City, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it is. It is the Mexico City game. Yep. Because they were supposed to, remember they were supposed to have that last year and they didn't for some reason. Yeah, I think the field was terrible or something they yeah. said. Yeah. Field didn't kind of get up to snuff there, so. Yeah. But hey, get used to it because if the NFL is going with a 17 game schedule, they're talking about every team having a uh, neutral site game. Oh no, no, please no. So, I'll you know you want to hear my idea of what they should. You know what? They should go to 18 games, but you don't end up playing the other conference because then you play everybody in your own conference. Hmm. Right? If the wild cards are such a big deal, and they'll have three of them in a two years here, so that's what they want to do, then you play everybody in your division or in your conference. Oh. Two in your division, and then the rest, would, and that got would it. equal 18. Got it. Yep. Okay. I just right? got it. That makes sense. You know, because, I mean, right, you got three wild cards, and, you know, say you get up, you're going up against divisions that's weeks in the AFC, you know, that your team could be going up against your, you know, just yeah. an idea, but they're looking at 17 and knocking down the preseason games. You know, once, 
Commissioner Goodell retires or resigns, whichever happens first, you should probably put in your application for commissionership. Well, I, I should, man. I'm, you know, I'm a man of the people. And, and then hire me as your like assistant commissioner or associate commissioner, and we can run the NFL. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's you know, there's there's a bunch of things that can happen. Yeah. Full time refs again, you need to need to educate the refs. Yeah. Right. And they gotta stop making these rules so great and they gotta stop adding so many rules. They do. They do. Right? It's all I know it's based on safety on offense, but enough's enough. Like I mean, every time there's a play, we're all looking, is there a flag? Right? Mm-hmm. And that even the commentators are like, You just ran that thing back seventy yards. There's no flag on the play. You didn't hear that five, ten years ago. No. Right now, it's oh. everybody's waiting to see where there's a flag. Sorry to interrupt. We have late yep. breaking news. Uh, a caravan just got knocked out in the Georgia oh. Auburn game. Yeah, I just saw that. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm watching. My, <laughs> I'm watching that game too. Wow. <laughs> oh my god! That poor man. Man, he was. Uh, he ain't moving. Man, no, he wanted the shot, man. He got the shot. Okay, here comes the replay. Uh, Fromm's going to throw the ball. Right, wide receiver catches it. He gets knocked out. Oh! And it was the wide receiver that knocked down this poor man. Oh, my oh. God. Oh, he's not moving. He didn't even see it. And the, uh, the, the women are in shock right now in the stadium. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> They, they may have killed him. Was that a female oh, or a male? they got a stretcher out. Oh, God. Is that, a, is that a female or a male? I, I, I can't tell. I think, it's a, I, think it's a, I think it's a female. I think it's a lady journalism. Oh, boy. Ugh. She got she got hit hard. Uh, <laughs> I mean, this person is out cold. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, maybe uh, we could get a replay here again. Um, everyone's standing. These people have this look on their face. Yep. Yeah, oh. like I said, I think it's a lady journalist. I think she she was trying to get the shot, didn't even see it coming. Yeah, it's a journalist or a photographer. Well, yeah, poor girl. Oh man. I mean, I'm not la- don't get me wrong, I'm not laughing at what happened to this poor lady, but good grief. Uh yeah. I mean this this may be worse than the Tula injury. Okay, we're on a commercial break. Um anyway, speaking of Tua, Tua Tagovailoa. He got hurt during uh, the Alabama game with Mississippi State today, and he might be out for the rest of the season. Might be out for more than the rest of the season. Yeah. Depending what happened. According to a report from Yahoo Sports, he has a dislocated hip and fractured his posterior wall. Yeah, so he's done for the year for sure. That's going to hurt his draft stock too, I think. It's he might not even... I, he might even just – he might not even claim for the draft then because he's not a senior yet, is he? No, he's a junior. Yeah, so he might just stay in the uh, – yeah, he, he might just stay in college. Yeah, for one more year. Right? Yeah. But like I, like I was telling you before we went on the air, right, if you're not 100% in the, in the NCAA, I don't think it's worth playing. Yeah. You know that you're going to get drafted high because you just came off that surgery, right, not too long ago. Yeah, the ankle injury. Now yeah. you're – yeah, now your muscles are trying to you're trying to protect that injury because you're not 100. percent You leave yourself open, and you're not prepared for the, the hits. And you know it's it's one thing when you're in the pros, right? You're getting paid for. You got the medical. You got all that. When you're in college, you got to protect yourself. And I know there's been that long-standing argument of, oh, this guy's not going to play in the bowl game. This guy's not going to play in the bowl game. And you know what? I understand why. You know, there's millions at stake. I think what's going to happen is, over the next couple days, is Alabama's going to be questioned, why did you let Tua play 
in, in basically, and this is with all due respect to Mississippi State, in, in a meaningless football game, because Mississippi State is like four and five or four, they were four and five, and, and Alabama came off uh, that that loss a couple weeks ago with LSU. I mean, I, honestly, I think it would have been best to have saved him for probably the Auburn game. Because the next game is basically their you know their cupcake game, where you know they got some soft team and they're gonna win by like yep. a bajillion points. So, oh, it is. Oh yeah, you're. Is it a woman? I'm trying to see. It yeah, it, yeah, it is. It's a yeah, it's a female. She uh, professional lady. Photographer looks like yeah. she got. I don't think she saw it coming. To be honest, I think she was trying to get the shot, and she was down low, and she got bumped. Well, they're showing her right now on the stretcher. Well, hopefully she's down. right. So Alabama plays Western Carolina next week. For those yeah. curious, so. But, but yeah, I mean, they might look back on this, and this could cost Alabama. You know, their shot to be in the college football playoff at this point. So, yeah, that definitely could. They could be, you know. They could be out I of still, it. I still think LSU is going to find a way to screw her up. But. Well, let me, let's see. Let me take a look at who LSU has left. They got, they got one good team left, don't they? Don't they have uh, – I can't think of it right now. Here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull up the schedule. Okay, so today they have Ole Miss. That that should be a win. Yeah. Then they're home against Arkansas. That should be a win because they just fired their coach last week. And their last game is home against Texas A&M. You got three games. So they should beat Ole Miss. They should beat Arkansas. Texas A&M, watch out. You know, they can, they could do something. Yeah, so. and then, of course, they're probably not playing Georgia. Who played, uh, Georgia there in the championship game. Mm-hmm. Which could technically, could knock them out if something happens, right? Very well could. You know, I mean, it's, you know, they don't have an easy road in. No. Yeah, right. Both teams, Georgia or, or LSU, I mean, right when those teams lose that championship, depends where they're seated. Yeah. Right? Ohio State's looking really good. Yeah, and um, let's not forget the Pac-12, Oregon and Utah, they're still in the mix. Yep, Utah is seventh. Oregon is sixth, so, yep. you know, they're, they're still, there's still some good teams in there that yep. could – Take a spot away. So. And on the on a lighter note, I guess Notre Dame is going to lose her. Was it 227 straight sellouts? I think that. Yeah. That, that Today, yeah, they didn't have a sellout. They were facing Navy, and it's going to pretty much end that streak. So that's actually a little bit surprising. Yeah, they usually come out to support, but I mean, you know. They had high aspirations, I think, at the start of the year, and it just kind of didn't go to – didn't happen. No, did not. All right, let's talk about some baseball because uh, this week they gave out some awards. You want to – You want I mean, there's so much baseball stories. We could ch- We could talk about the uh, Astros cheating scandal. Oh, we God, got the award. Yeah, there's really so much. Um, well, let's start with the awards first. Okay. Um, so I have the I have the results up for those who didn't you know hear them, but uh, we'll start with the American League. Mike Trout winning the MVP award for the third time. Really, that's not much of a surprise there. Um, no. He finished ahead of Alex Bregman and Marcus Simeon to claim his third MVP award. Um. I, I think that was pretty much known he was going to win that award pretty easily. Yeah. 
National League, uh, Cody Bellinger won the MVP award. Uh, he finished ahead of Christian Yelich and Anthony Rendon. Um, not really surprised. Once Yelich went down, I think that was Bellinger's to lose, and he pretty much took advantage yeah. of it. Yeah. Cy Young Award, Justin Verlander won the Cy Young for the American League. Garrett Cole finished second. Charlie Morton of Tampa Bay finished third. The National League, Jacob deGrom wins the Cy Young Award. Uh, Hyun Jin Ru of the Dodgers finished second. Max Scherzer finished third. Rookie of the Year in the American League was Jordan Alvarez of the Houston Astros. He finished ahead of John Means of Baltimore and Brandon Lowe of Tampa Bay. Hey, at least Baltimore got something good. Um, <laughs> in the National League, uh, this one was a no-brainer. Pete Alonzo voted Rookie of the Year in the National League. Uh, he finished ahead of Mike Soroka of the Braves and Fernando Tatis Jr. of the Padres. And Manager of the Year in the American League, Rocco Baldelli of the Minnesota Twins finished first ahead of Aaron Boone and Kevin Cash of Tampa Bay. And in the National League, Mike Schilt of the St. Louis Cardinals won Manager of the Year over Craig Council and Brian Snitker. So congratulations to those men. Yeah, it was, uh, for the most part, I think everything went went per the normal normal chat of how it would go, right? Some people are mad Trout got it because he only played, right? He didn't play the full year, but, I mean, hey, man, he plays the full year. Well, he was he's, on fire for he's a, be, until he got injured. Yep. Where Yelich and Bellinger, they were neck and neck. Oh, they absolutely you know, were. Right, where Trout was was miles ahead of, of Bregman, and it mm-hmm. wasn't even close. Right now with this cheating scandal, it seems like uh, maybe he got a few extra uh, knocks with the old banging of the drum. So Yeah. And let's talk you know, about I'll, that. Let's talk about that cheating, because um, the Houston Astros, there are reports that have come out during the last week that they stole signs in 2017, that which basically helped them win the World Series. And then they were doing it again this year, but the Nationals caught on to them stealing the signals and it was the pitching coach of the Nationals, whose name I forget right now, I apologize, and Sean Doolittle, who is one of their closers, who caught on and pretty much tricked them. Yeah, you gotta wonder if the Yankees didn't didn't make a call to somebody in that Nationals organization though, because <laughs> the Yankees were seeing it right from game one of the ALCS. The, co- the the ghost of George Steinbrenner. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, it's, uh, yeah. I don't know if, if it's true, I, there's going to be a long list of, uh, there'll be a, there'll be a list of people being suspended, fined, right? Banned. Yeah. yeah because it's one thing to steal signs from second base. You looking in, right? The catcher drops the one for a fastball sets up too early, right? Mm-hmm. That's one thing, right? Yeah. From a guy from second. If you got a guy on center field with a camera, Zooming in, and then he's saying something to technology, and you want, you know, everybody has technology now. Yeah. I mean, I'm afraid the center fielder camera might go away. Mm-hmm. You know, you might not see that view anymore. You might see it from the side. Let you me. Know, uh, I, it's, I'll tell you what, Major League Baseball is going to sit down right now and just be shaking their head, right? Yeah, after such but a good postseason. And, yeah. After you such know, a good postseason, such a good World Series. Now, I'm going to ask you a question that my dad asked me yesterday, because we were talking about this. Could it be possible that they stripped the Astros of the World Series title from two years ago? Is that possible? I, I don't think it's possible. It's not like the NCAA where you can strip something because... It's against the rules to accept money, right? In college, guys accept money, right? To get recruited, mm-hmm. they say, okay, you know, we're stripping you of your wins. Your season is forfeited. Mm-hmm. Because technically, if they're going to strip them of the World Series, they'd have to strip them of the whole year. Yeah. 
right? And you then that I think that just becomes too much of a mess, right? I think Houston will get their will get keep their World Series, but there will be some heavy punishment. There will probably be like an asterisk next to it. Yeah. Cause and I mean, we're talking. They could be losing draft picks. You're talking could be losing, could be huge fines, suspensions, uh, banned from the league. I could you know, see they're that. Already, I and they're saying Cora and Beltran was part of it. And Beltran is the new manager of the Mets. Yeah, and the Mets fans are happy, like, oh, because at first when he got hired on, Mets fans were like, oh, well, we don't want this guy. Now, like, this guy will win at any cost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, right? I, I'm looking at. Uh, what the Astros did, they finished 21 games ahead of the next team in the in the AL West two years ago. They went 101 and 61 um, that season, and then they beat the Dodgers in the World Series. They beat the Yankees in the ALCS, and they beat the Red Sox in the Division Series. So I I don't think they're going to strip them of, of their world title, but I do agree with you. I definitely see fines. I see suspensions. I could see bans coming. And how funny is it, JC, that last week we talked about bans, you know, for life in baseball when we were talking about the hall of fame, which we'll do in in a little bit. And now there could be an actual possibility, depending on how the investigation goes. Yeah, I it's they're going to I mean, you got to look and you got to look at it, right. I mean, they don't fool around. You have that I'm trying to think of it now. There was a while ago where was it Houston that they grabbed the guy from St. Louis and he broke in and hacked into his system and he actually yeah. ended up getting jail time. Yeah, exactly. Right. And then like, you know. And this is the integrity of the game. This isn't, you know, this is ranks up there with betting on your own team while you're managing. Right? This is something that, like I said, it's one thing for a player on second base to say, hey, catcher set up too much outside too quick. He, he gives a signal, right? Mm-hmm. You try to get anything in game, but to do it from outside of the f- playing field, to me, is disrespectful to the game, and there, there should be a huge punishment. I don't know how many people are going to turn on the Astros. I'm not saying in, in the Houston area, but I mean throughout the country. Well, there'd be a few, I think. I mean, I don't think, well, put it this way, I don't think they'll be well-liked in L.A. or uh, New York or Boston now. No, not at all. Not right? At all. They're, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, and I mean, and, and even in their own division now. And, and you know what? And fans are going to let them know. Oh, God, yeah. Right, they go to Texas, they're gonna get booed. They're gonna to go to uh, Oakland, to LA, they're gonna get booed. It's gonna be, right? it's gonna be a mess. It's going think, to be. A I don't mess. think they have to worry about Seattle too much because Seattle just doesn't get the the rambunctious crowds right now because Seattle's such a, a yeah. that that organization is such a dumpster fire, anyways, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, they go to New York. I can I can hear them getting booed. And I mean, that's a place you know you get booed anyways. This is gonna be extra booed. They're going to get it. They're going to get it real good. Yeah. All right. So last week on our show, we discussed the Baseball Hall of Fame. The Modern Era Committee announced their 10 finalists for the Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, If you didn't hear it, the announcement of who gets in, if any of them do, will be December the 8th during winter meetings in San Diego. Last week, uh, we posted on our Facebook group a poll asking our members, if you had a vote on this committee, who would you give your vote or votes to for the Hall of Fame? And before I announce the results, because like I said last week, and I'll say it again, I'm going to save my picks until the weekend of. So in like three weeks is when I'm going to tell you guys who I would vote for. Um, JC, you took part in this. And yep. I'm, I'm looking at the results. Um, I'm going to go by one at a time. 
And I'm going to ask you why you selected these individuals. And the first one that I'm going to say is Don Mattingly. Uh, Don Mattingly, I think just the – he was a team captain of the Yankees, right? He was AL MVP in 85. He had, uh, what, three silver sluggers here, nine mm-hmm. straight all-star games. Mm-hmm. Injuries started to take a bit of a toll to him. He was just – I don't know, just, just personify what baseball was about. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I mean, everybody knew who Don Manley was as a person. Right. Growing up, playing baseball. And, was, I don't, uh, and I don't think him being a manager is going to cost him if he doesn't get no. it. No. All right. Uh, the I don't next, think so either. No, I don't think so. Yeah. The next person you picked, and I know why, but I want you to tell everyone why. Marvin Miller. Yeah, so Marvin Miller was, uh, he pretty much created uh, the arbitration process that came along in Major League Baseball. I think that was in the 70s. Uh, and uh, for that, he also allowed the, the players to start making more money. And I think they said it was 10 times by the time it got into the 80s. Mm-hmm. And for that reason alone, I mean, like I said, I think he revolutionized how baseball, how the free agency and the arbitration process happened. And I think it's part of the game now today that he should be recognized for. Yeah. All right. Uh, your next one that you voted for was Ted Simmons. Yes, the uh, catcher. I think he played – yeah, he played in the – he played for the Cardinals, Brewers, and yeah. Braves. St. Louis, yep. You know, he was a eight-time All-Star, and he had one silver slugger, batted 303, and knocked in – just reading a little stat here. He, uh, as a catcher, he batted 285 and tallied two, 2,472 hits, 483 doubles, and 243 home runs, and just shy of 1,400 RBIs. All right. And your last just, Oh, go ahead. Oh, and I think just personifying what what back catching was for a guy who could, you know, who could hit the ball like that, I think was big back in the day, right? Catchers weren't really meant to If you got offense from them, fine, right? If you didn't, meh. Right? It was one of those things, right? Mm-hmm. Defense was always big on catching and he kind of just he kind of pushed the bar a bit, I guess. Yeah. And your final vote went to Lou Whitaker. Good old Lou. Yeah, I watched him, obviously watching the Jays quite a bit. I watched him play with Trammell. Right, he was rookie of the year, compiled just under 2,400 hits. He had uh, five all-star all-star nods, four, all, four AL Silver Slugger, Slugger Awards, and three AL Gold Glove Awards at second base. And he manned that game in, I think, just about his whole career. He didn't go short, he didn't go third. He yeah, barely he had a, a few, few DH, DH hits, right? But I just – and he was smooth. When you watched him play, he was a, you know, he was he was a good second baseman. He, he had a reliable club that's – right? And Detroit Stadium, they built that stadium where they made the ground soft in the infield mm-hmm. or ground balls because they knew they had – Trammel there. They had Whitaker, so that's who I went with. I know you have Dave Parker hit some home runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else? You had, you had Garvey there, 2,600 hits. It's a first baseman. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. You know, I like Whitaker because, like I said, he won the he was Rookie of the Year, had a few extra awards. Uh, and he had Dwight Evans there. That that's going to be a big one for the Red Sox, right? He was a big Red Sox. Yeah, he played there he for Red Sox history. Yeah, he played there for basically all but one year of his career with the Red Sox. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, why don't we tell them how the results ended up? Um, and first off, I just want to say real quick to those who voted, good job. I think you guys did a great job splitting the votes because, you know, you could have all stuck with one person, but you didn't. You split it pretty evenly. Uh, Dale Murphy got the most votes. 
out of everyone, which surprised me a little bit. Followed by Don Mattingly, Steve Garvey, and Dave Parker. Those were our top yep. four. Uh, Marvin Miller, Thurman Munson, Ted Simmons, and Lou Whitaker each got one vote. Dwight Evans and Tommy John did not get any votes. No, and I don't. I know Tommy John's part of the surgery, and maybe you know they might put him in one day. I just, I didn't see it. This is just a not this. It's not this round. Such a tough group, you know. Oh, they should all, you know. I mean, you look at all their stats, right? I mean, they could all, they could all be in, right? It's just the fact of the matter is, you keep going year by year by year, and all of a sudden, you know. But I know it's now, right? But Ken Griffey Jr. gets put into the hall. Mm-hmm. While all those votes that could have went to you, now gone to Ken Griffey. Right, and the same is going to be with this ballot coming up this year because a lot of those votes. Yeah are going to go to Derek Jeter. And, you know, because I was looking at it at the ballot while we were talking earlier. And, I mean, and I think what we'll do is we'll, we'll make another poll for the, the writers committee to see who, you know, they would vote for. There's like 41 people that are going to be on this ballot. Larry Walker is in his final year of eligibility for the Hall of Fame. Yep. Uh, Kurt Schilling, Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, and Sammy Sosa. I don't know how Sammy Sosa is still on this ballot, honestly. Um, They're in their eighth year of eligibility, and then everybody else is under that. Yep. And, of course, to stay eligible, you have to get at least 5% of the vote to stay eligible. And if you go under 5%, you are out. You are done. You're not going to be on that ballot ever again. So, yep. so yeah, I, I, like I said, I, I think we should do that Hall of Fame ballot, in, you know, when it gets closer to the announcement just to see who everyone would vote for. So, yeah, I think so. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. I still think right. Bonds, Clemens, they're slowly climbing up to get in, but they only but, have so many, so few chances left. Yep. I can see Walker getting in on his final year. Ooh, I don't know. He would need a 21% jump to get in. Yep. That's tough. That's going to be tough. But yeah. We'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. All right. Uh, let's get into some hockey. Um, pretty much everything's stayed the same since last week, as I'm trying to get out of my Facebook. Um, just some good hockey right now. There's a big game tonight, Washington and Boston, the top two teams in the Eastern Conference. Uh, they're going to play each other tonight, which should be good. Yep. And how, how about those St. Louis Blues, man, after coming all the way back from last place at the beginning of the calendar year to the Stanley Cup, that momentum is still going they're in first place in the Central Division right now. Yeah, they're rolling, aren't they? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, they're five points ahead of the next closest team, and they're one point ahead of Edmonton for the overall top spot in the Western Conference. Yep. And then, yeah, then they're 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 racking up the they're starting to rack up the goals. You know, they're. Uh, on the road, they're dominant, seven two and two. They're just playing overall. They're playing great hockey right now. Edmonton's still surprisingly doing well in my books. McDavid with I think two hat tricks this week, six points the other night. Well, I mean, they should finally be doing something because they got Connor McDavid, who you know is a great young player. It's about bloody time that. They're, they do something and win. I mean, for goodness yeah, sakes, you know? 
it's all the depth. And I mean, come time when they can start shutting down those two, if they can, right? The, the others don't have that depth yet. And they just, I mean, obviously they're changing around now. They're starting to get rid of the old, old boys club, mm-hmm. right? They, they made, they brought some fresh faces, which add to, I mean, and to win, you got to win from goaltending out defense, yeah. good defensive play gets you good offensive chances, you know, because you can keep controlling that puck better. You can get to that puck, get that thing out. It's, uh, but I mean, like I say, it's early, but we're coming up to that magical, my magical deadline of Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So um, weeks, we're going to see what happens. Yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Do you know who has the longest winning streak right now in the NHL? Ooh, who has the longest winning streak in the NHL? Right now. Hmm. And you, and you, can't cheat. you can't cheat. I'm not cheating. <laughs> I think it's the Sharks, isn't it? It is the Sharks. Very good. They have won five in a row. Five in a row. And they're only nine points out of first place. <laughs> I think after Vancouver beat them there two weeks ago, Saturday night, I think they went on a roll. I'm not mistaken. That one I heard on NHL on a serious Sally on uh, the hockey channel there the other day. Right. And they were the biggest the next, ones. Next closest team, three of them with three wins in a row. Who's that? Uh, that would be uh, Montreal, Tampa Bay, and Carolina. All in the East. All in the East. Yeah, Montreal's played some good hockey. Carolina's playing good hockey. Arizona's playing mm-hmm. good hockey. Some of those bottom feeder teams the last few years are starting to starting to get their talent going, starting to get things moving. Yeah. So good to see, right? Yep. You know, Chicago's falling down. LA's last, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, you run that league for so many years, you end up rebuilding, and that's to. the price you pay, right? You have to. The unfortunate part is fans start to leave when you don't start winning. Yeah. You know, and then which way do you go? Do you rebuild properly, or do you take the lumps? Fans will come back if you're winning. It just takes time. Yep. I've seen I've seen the Canucks go up to the highs to the highs. And then the lowest of the lows, right? Yep. Um, you know, we, do, we do have an update um, on that young lady that was knocked out uh, during the Georgia-Auburn game while we're recording this. She is a student photographer. Mm. So she works probably for like a college newspaper. Uh, she regained consciousness. So that's a good sign. Yep. Um, hopefully nothing bad happened to her. I, she just got the wind knocked out of her, in all honesty. Yeah, she wasn't, looked like she was, like, trying to get the shot, which, I mean, you've seen those guys get hammered before. They're, like, right in there to the last moment trying to get that shot, right? And mm-hmm. I don't think she might have seen it coming or whatever, but I don't think she was expecting that and being down low, or maybe she was trying to get something else, maybe another shot or something, and... Hopefully she's all right and she's back on the sideline taking taking shots. Producing more pictures because that's yeah. what we love to see. Right? We love to see some action pictures put onto the papers yeah. of things, right? So and, and social media or newspapers are... accident. Yep. It was an accident, but, but you know. You saw the teams rally around her, around her and the medical staff came out, so... Speaking of which, this week, uh, there's one, I don't know if you heard this in the NHL, uh, Calgary defenseman, TJ Brody went down. Oh yeah, I did hear about it. Did they ever, um, did they ever say what caused it? I haven't heard, I haven't heard nothing yet, but I, I'd like to, I'm going to send out and hopefully best wishes to him and his family and he makes a healthy recovery and return. They don't know yet what happened, but I mean, that's scary just to say it. Speed on the ice and practice, and then down you go. Yeah. Right? I mean, these guys are highly trained athletes, and you just mm-hmm. never know, right, what I happens. I mean, they're the, best, they're the best hockey players in the world, you know. Ho- yeah, hopefully, I mean, hopefully he'll be able to get back on. Yeah, I guess hopefully he'll do some tests, and maybe it was just something that happened, and 
you know, he's back on there. Like I said, uh, rivalries or not, you never want to see any of your any player get get hurt or get you know taken out or anything like that, right? Absolutely not. And also to to the family and all that. Hopefully that he's better and our prayers from the show go to him and his family and mm-hmm. to the young lady and photographer doing the photographs today on the sideline there and guys get better and we'll see you out there in a maybe in a few weeks or a few months yeah absolutely so. um i know you're not a basketball fan and you're you are like a lot of people you don't really pay attention to college basketball until it's march but how about that number one Kentucky team losing their home opener to Evansville? <laughs> uh, I think Evansville felt like they just won March Madness. Kind of world. I mean, <laughs> right? oh my, okay, they got paid because this is this is the the trend here. You get paid to go play these teams. They got paid ninety thousand dollars to play against Kentucky. They were a 24 and a half point underdog, and they beat the number one team in the country, who beat the number one team in the country the week, of, you know, the week prior. Yep. So, way to go, Evansville. Um, well, in any given night, I guess, right? Any given night yeah. now. You take your team, you take your opponent too lightly. Ah, you know, we're going to do this, do this. We're going to do some practice. Don't worry about it. Maybe they're slacking on the drills. They weren't stretching. Right? Also, now, now, now you're starting a battle. Now you're starting to like, oh, we're playing against a team that actually came out to play. Then all of a sudden it's like, well, now what do we do, right? Now you're stunned. You're shocked. Then the pressure gets, right? The elbows start to, to get wobbly. The knees start to shake. Start missing some shots. Mm-hmm. The next thing you know, you lose, and then next thing you know, it's front news the next morning. <laughs> I, think, I think what the problem is with this upset, and it is an upset, is that this might not be remembered in six months or a year or two years or five years. The only people that are going to remember it is going to be the school that did it, which was Evansville. Yep. Well, um, was that Kentucky will remember it too? Huh? And uh, sorry, who they're, they're playing Kentucky, weren't they? Yeah, they're playing Kentucky. Yeah. And so Kentucky will remember it too. Now, does this get Kentucky fired up to say, you know what, we no longer take any of uh, that? This is our wake-up call to say, hey, you I, know what, we can't take anybody lightly. We I need to. I mean, we're up by thirty points. We need to keep the foot on the pedal kind of man right. attitude, right? Aldi. I mean, their next game is this coming Monday against Utah Valley. So now, if, it, if there's any hope for Utah Valley, it is they can maybe beat Kentucky. Yeah, or Kentucky come comes in and just absolutely, you know how you said that 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 score may never be beat. Yeah, it might be 180 to one. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> right, it could they could come out fly and say, okay, boys, and you know there's some soul searching and there's some hard practices in there. Mm-hmm. Right, as hard as I guess they're allowed to practice now. Yeah, I mean, without betting I'm, anybody. I'm sure John Calipari was embarrassed for this defeat. Always, it's got to be. It's got to be. Yeah. Speaking of basketball, I see that the old Raptors are doing well without uh, Kawhi. Um, they beat the Lakers. Yeah. Got beat by the Clippers by ten. <clears throat> I think they beat the Blazers. Mm-hmm. Well, they got Pascal Siakam. So, and they have a long list of injuries. Lowry's out. Ibaka's out. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guys who led. I don't pay much attention to the NBA, but I know Boston right now is doing a fantastic job starting the season. Yeah, they lost their first game, I think, and then now they're on that 10-game winning streak or something, yeah, 11. Yeah, they won 10 in a row. <laughs> you know, it's like, what happened to that first one? <laughs> yeah. Um, right? And then in the West, 
the Lakers are being the Lakers right now. And yep. the Clippers are being the Clippers. <laughs> yep. And the Warriors are being the Warriors without anybody. Oh, man. I, I, I'll tell I, you, they're I not gonna... feel bad for them. Yep. I really do. Because they were so good. They were fresh for the NBA. And now all of this has happened. I don't know if this is the end of the Warriors. I mean, I, I think they may be done for the year. But, you know, they could come back the next season and do something. But I think they're done for for this year. Yeah, yeah I, think I think so, too. too. I, think I think Curry's out now for just about the whole year. Yeah, with a broken hand. Um, he, may, he may come back. He said, you know, but they're saying right now he could be out for the whole year. Yeah. Clay Thompson could be... You know, he's planning on coming back this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're that far down and you need some time to still regroup, are you going to play? Right. Are you going to be like the rest of the NBA teams and say, well, we're going to tank to see if we can't win when they get the number one overall draft pick, right? Plus, Steve Kerr's done so much for that team. I don't think they're going to get rid of him. I really don't. Nope. You know, he's brought a few championships there, and... Right? It's tough to mm-hmm. get rid of a guy who's done that yeah, it with, is. With, with the talent he has. But, I mean, hey, on the other hand, you can look at it this way, right? You've had so much good talent. Now that you don't have that talent, how do you coach? Yeah. Right? I mean, you can look at it both ways. But, obviously, you have to give the loyalty to him for winning those championships. Mm-hmm. Right? You know they blew a 3-1 lead to Cleveland. I'm sure they didn't want to hear that again. <laughs> well, all the things that people want to hear that I bring up for sports. Just like people bring up to me, though, the interception of the one-yard line against the Patriots or the Canucks losing the game seven against the Bruins. I'm over it. Yeah. Right? Time to move on. Yeah, you know, that's true. That's the way life goes. I don't yeah. play for them. I cheer for them. I, know, I remember, if you want to hear a funny story, I know the fans do. Back in uh, when the Canucks were on their run in 2011, mm-hmm. it was uh, I got a job up in Zama City, so I flew up there for Game Seven. Okay. And I worked in the next day, and the Canucks lost. Right, and they started to uh, they had the riots in Vancouver, right? And that couple was making out in the middle of the street. Yep, that was, that's an iconic picture. Yep. But then you had the other ones who were trying to burn down the city, which to me, it's as far as I'm concerned, I'll say it to the day I die. They weren't Canuck fans. They weren't hockey fans at all, right? People who bring bandanas into backpacks with water are there for one reason, one reason only, to wipe the pepper spray off their eyes and to cause trouble. I wonder if that couple is still together. Yeah, I wonder too. That would be a good investigation right there. Actually, you know what? I'll, I'll tell you where I was the night of the seventh game for that one. Yep. I was at a Katy Perry concert. I'm not a fan of Katy Perry. I went with my friend because she's a she's a fan, and I told her I'd never been to a concert before. So, yes, this is public record. My first concert was Katy Perry. Hey, she ranks high up in my world because she was a half. Was she half the half? Yes. Yeah, she, no, she wasn't the halftime. No, she doesn't rank yeah. high up in my world. She was oh, the because- halftime. <laughs> She was the halftime show where the Seahawks lost. Yeah, she was. I thought so, I had lost man. my hearing that night. I really did. <laughs> I re- I'm telling you, because um, it was an outdoor show, but we had seats in the main part of the, of the vi- uh, venue, and it had a roof over it. Yep. I swear I thought I had lost my hearing that night. Oh, well, you know what? And that's not even, you should go when you're in a, in a dome. So my first concerts, uh, my first concert was uh, The Offspring and then The Tragedy Hip. And they rocked those places. Yeah. Like, absolutely can, rocked it. I can remember my dad, re- real quick, I can remember my dad telling me, because um, he took my sisters to see New Kids on the Block, which, I'll be <laughs> honest, they're a good band. I didn't mind them. He took them to see them three times. Two times were an outdoor show, 
RFK yep. Stadium. And the one time, the one indoor show was down at the Capitol Center. And he said, he's told me this many times, he thought he had lost his hearing after that concert, the indoor show. And he couldn't hear straight for three days. Oh, I would believe it. <laughs> and it's, and I mean, and that's what fathers do, right? Their kids want to go watch new kids on the block. And you take them three times to watch some new kids on the block. Yeah, but at least right? with but at least with RFK Stadium, you know it's outdoors, so the sound can can resonate. Out. Yeah, it resonates exactly. You know, where yeah, you're inside and you know you're in the in a stadium that's got a roof. She gets loud, but then you gotta wonder why is Seattle and Kansas City so loud? They don't have that that protection. Yeah. Right. Outdoors, it's, you know, mm-hmm. teams love their players or fans love their teams. Yeah, they'll make the noise. They'll show up. You know, they will. And that's why, that's why next time that the Blue Jays are back in the playoffs, you got to watch one in the Rogers Center. That yeah, place and, gets uh, and reserve a room at their hotel. Yep. I'm going to do that. If I ever make it to Toronto, I'm going to get a, I'm going to get a hotel at the, at the arena. Just to say I did, yeah, you know. At the Rogers Center? Yeah. Might well, maybe next time the the Nationals are in town, you can uh, watch the Nationals chase. That'll be a few years. Yeah. I might have to start saving my money and get a passport by that time. So. No. Well, you need to get a passport. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I, I do. <laughs> All right. On that note, we're going to wrap it up here for this week. Uh, if you like our show – Please give us a good review. Give us, you know, a five-star rating. You know, do do what most podcasts tell you to do. We're not going to shove it down your throats. Um, we do have a Facebook group. It is the JC and Bill Sportscast. That's all you have to type in to, you know, to find our group. And then you click the join the group and we'll pretty much accept you in. Um, and if you can't find it, it's okay. I usually post a link in the description of each episode. So you guys can listen there or join from there. Yep. And uh, so next weekend, maybe we'll do a show. I'll be in Mexico. All right. We'll, maybe. Maybe we'll do a show from the balcony of uh, of Tulum there. In the, right. And, uh, yeah, be, I think there's going to be some more exciting sport moments as we start rolling now in the season for NFL and NHL. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. She's going to be fun. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys for tuning in to this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And we'll talk to you either next week or in two weeks for another exciting episode of the JC and Bill Sportscast. You guys have a good night. Bye.